What's up, homegirls? Welcome to Benevolence, where kindness matters and all are welcome to the table. We are your hosts, Ceci and Nisha. Benevolence is a ministry where we uplift and encourage through topics of conversation that are important in our Christian walk. We are going to get real. We will focus on topics that we're curious about and what many are afraid to talk about. We save the seat just for you. So sit back, relax, and let's get to it. You are listening to Episode 7, Body Kindness. All right. Hey, Denise. Welcome. 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 We're welcome so, to Benevolence Podcast. Yes. <laughs> we're so excited that you're here with us and we're honored to have you at the table, um, you know, talking with us and sharing your testimony. Um, we've spoken to you um, previously and we know that God has um, really worked in your life in a tremendous way. And we know that so many people will benefit by listening to your testimony. So we want to open the floor to introduce you yourself and to share what God has placed in your heart. Oh my gosh. First of all, thank you, ladies. I think it's such a privilege that you guys thought of me. Yes. Yes. What you what you ladies are doing. This is awesome. And I think that you guys are studying. Thank you so much. The future of podcasts and just technology. And I know that God is going to use this in an amazing way. So I just want to say thank you for giving me the (laughs) picture. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you. (laughs) So my story, wow. (laughs) <laughs> uh, my name is Denise Monet. I have an amazing yes. little girl named Isa Kojasto. She's 10 years mm-hmm. old. She is the light of my life. Uh, but she's 10, so she's, you know, she's trying me right now. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but I'm learning, I'm learning a lot about uh, loss through her, like what it is to love unconditionally. And I think that mm-hmm. the God, I think that part of my story has to do how God used her to really make a decision to transform mm. my life internally because sometimes we don't realize as humans that we have things that we have to work on uh, and we go through life uh, being influenced by this yeah. by the world that we live in, which is the reality. We live in a world mm-hmm. that has that is full of things, good and bad. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that sometimes we get clouded in our own mind that we don't see what needs to work inside of us. So yes. Uh, my daughter is one of the people that just brought light in such a kid's kind of way, you know? But when you told me, ladies, to share my story, I really, before I talk about my daughter, I I really went to prayer and meditation. I'm like, there's so much to share. And I'm going to say my age, low key, you know, 38 years old. It's okay, girl. You still young. You still young. (laughs) But there's so much there to unpack. But I think the one thing that I can identify, because what you asked me to talk is about forgiveness and, and what it is to live with depression and what it is to live with anxiety. And I want to tap into that because that's part of my story, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that I've shared with Nisha before the reality of struggling with mental health, you know? Yeah. Uh, struggling with mental health, is it's not easy, especially when people, oh, but you love Jesus. How can you struggle yeah. with that? But people in church, sitting in church, struggle with it day in and day out. And they're afraid yeah. to talk about it because mm-hmm. they don't know how to say, you know, I'm praying, but praying's not doing everything. You know, yes, God gives me the victory uh, and I feel joy, but then something happens mm-hmm. and I'm back into that mental health uh, process. Yes. And, and so my story 
surrounds about my my self esteem and feeling lost in my own body for mm-hmm. for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even after I met Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. I of being trapped in my body and looking a certain way and having to to match society, you know, because mm-hmm. the world says the thinner you are, the beautiful you are, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Uh, again, if you guys want to ask me anything, you could stop. And yeah, please. no, 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 you good. But, but I think that for so many years, even after I met Jesus, there's this mentality in my mind that that I had to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. And when I tapped into that, it's because, you know, we're raised a certain way. We all come from different cultures. And I had an amazing dad, an amazing mom. Uh, but there's certain things that as kids, we cannot control. And as we, we grow up, there's a lot of things in our life that we have no control of. So mm-hmm. I learned very early on that I can control what I ate mm-hmm. uh, and how I dealt with the the surrounding that I had. So mm-hmm. that tapped into my self-esteem, you know, and females, you know, we all go through our days. They were like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, look at this, look at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, girl. But, but when you, you struggle, you know, when we're talking about food, we're talking about an eating disorder right now, which is mm-hmm. a mental health uh, disability. Um, so that's how I control for many years. I control what I ate, how much I worked out, uh, what I didn't eat. Uh, and later on as life went on and I met Jesus and I fell in love with God. But even in the back of my mind, I had that struggle. And, and a lot of people would say, just eat or, you know, like have a balanced diet or pray about it. And it's not easy. It's not easy. Depression takes a hold of you. And I believe that God can free anybody and God mm-hmm. does miracles. And I believe that, that he could say, you know what, I'm going to break depression right now. But for some people, it doesn't happen like that, you know, yeah. and they have to understand why they go through that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sharing this because it is through my process with Jesus that I came to the understanding that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and, like I remember having my daughter, she was five years old and I'm jumping all the stories because I was, she was five years old. And as you guys know, I went through a lot of, through a process where I got very sick mm-hmm. in my house. Uh, and all that sickness after I gave birth derives from the damage that I did to my body from an eating disorder. Wow. A lot of, a lot of people don't realize that, that yes, eating healthy is important. Being active, active is important. I'm for that but do it in the right context because yeah. what a lot of people don't eat, don't understand is that if you take nutrients for, from your body outside, you may look nice, but internally mm-hmm. your body's deteriorating. Mm-hmm. And so after I had my daughter, my body started shutting down medically mm-hmm. and uh, because I didn't know how to cope with anything else. And this is, this is being with Jesus. I started coping through an eating disorder again. And mm. I went down to 73 pounds. Wow. And, wow. And my daughter was six years old and she looked at me and she's like, I want to be skinny like you, mom, when I grow up. Wow. Ladies, I would lie if I don't tell you that crushed my heart. Like mm-hmm. at that moment, I said, What am I doing to my daughter? Like I mm-hmm. didn't think about anybody else. I'm like, I'm damaging who she's becoming. Like, yeah. what kind of woman of God am I to her right now? Mm-hmm. And, and at that moment, I started a journey of uh, going 
I had to go away for like four months away from my family to Denver mm-hmm. to a medical facility where we work with my mental health, uh, my my medical conditions, uh, uh, teaching me how to eat again and not be afraid of food. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's been it's been since I left. It's been about five years now. Wow. And I, I mean, I'm in full recovery, but it it took it took my daughter. Mm-hmm. To and mentality and it's and and why do i say it took my daughter because the bible says that god could use anything right yes god used, a, mm-hmm. god used a donkey you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and for me it was my daughter uh and it's it's that moment that started this tragic story for me that i want to be a resource for people and what it mm-hmm. is to, to be in freedom and live in recovery from what kept you captive for so yeah. long somebody told me Somebody told me one day, eat so you could laugh at what kept you captive. Mm. So it doesn't laugh at you again. And I didn't understand what that meant. But now when I work with people that have addictions, uh, because that's a passion of mine, because eating disorder mm-hmm. can become a secret addiction. I love helping mm-hmm. people break out of those bondages. Uh, I tell them, make sure that you laugh at what kept you bondage. Because mm. when we laugh at what keeps us bondage, it doesn't it doesn't have a hold over us anymore. You know, mm. it, it it frees us. We're able to look at it and say, you don't control me, but God controls me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that mm-hmm. that 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 God using my daughter and God using community and mm-hmm. God using doctors and mental health facilities and, and therapists has helped me arrive to a place in my life that I could stand in my two feet and say, I am not that person. I have not mm-hmm. arrived, but I am on my way. You yes. know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and low key, I'm like goosebumps right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so good. Jesus. Uh, but I tell you what, if you guys would have asked me to do this like four years ago, I would have been like, no, because I was in a bad place mentally. Yeah. And, and that's because even though I, my, my daughter put me in a place of wanting to seek healing and recovery, uh, you know, all that left me with, with things that I, you know, every decision has circumstances, yeah. consequences, mm-hmm. good or bad. So my decisions of dealing with an eating disorder has left me with medical conditions that are permanent for the rest of my life wow. uh, where four years ago you know like I was at, at, I mean I don't want to be like dramatic but I was like in my deathbed the doctors were telling my family I don't think she's gonna make it you know wow. uh so I have pictures and they just tell me what happened and thank god obviously I made it obviously he's not done with me yes yeah but after that, I started asking God, why me? Why can you not heal me? Why do I have an ileostomy? An ileostomy is a colostomy bag that's attached to your stomach. Wow. I have that because of the abuse of laxatives that I did to my body. Wow. Um, and and for two years, I was fighting with God. I was like, man, I love you. You know, I'm always like seeking you. I'm not perfect. And I was in one of my admissions in the hospital and I was reading the book of Galatians. Why? I have no idea. Because Galatians doesn't have to do with sickness. It has yeah. to do with leaving, living for God, living uh, holy and righteous. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and I was like, why me? Why me? Why me? Why me? And then mm-hmm. he said, he said, my miracle for you, Denise, is not that I'm going to take 
the sickness away is that I'm going to use you to show people that you could have chronic illnesses and still live whole for me and still worship mm. me and still mm-hmm. and still live free. And I'm like, but you're a God, of, a God of miracles. Like you could heal me if you want to. And he's like, but not everyone gets the same healing, you know? Not everyone, every miracle. And this is something that I've learned. Every miracle is perfect for that person. Amen, amen. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes we're so focused in the miracles of other people that we don't look at the miracle God is doing in our life. Yes. And and I think for me, my miracle is learning to to be at peace with the person he created me to be and not the person people want me to be. So good. You know? So, you know, it's it's emotional because it's that moment when he spoke to me that this this joy that came to my heart and it and it wasn't something loud. It was, you know, yeah. that whisper in your heart from the Holy Spirit that it just ministers to you. And and I was like, Okay, God, if you want me to to live with this bag and live with this condition, I know you could you could heal me if you want to, but if that's not the miracle you have. And the miracle you have for me is to show people to live freedom, to live free in you no matter the circumstances or the struggles or what comes your way. And that's what I'm going to do. And and in that moment, like, I started becoming this person of joy that even in the dark, darkest times of my life, I'm able to experience the peace of God, the love of God. Yeah. Uh, unforgiveness. I know that's something that you guys talked about. Unforgiveness. But unforgiveness didn't arrive until I forgave myself. Mm. You know, I think we hold on people. We hold on so much hurt against people. And the Bible says, well, too offensive, right? And I've been thinking a lot about that because a lot of people may think this like, oh, you're not allowed to be offend, offended. I'm like, ah, we're humans. We are going to be offended. It's what you do with the offense. Yeah. What do you let, what do you let that do in your heart, you know? Because the Bible says, don't let your anger lead to sin. That means mm-hmm. it's okay to be angry, but what are you doing, you know? Uh, so I learned that forgiveness comes when you learn how to forgive yourself. And when you learn to accept the forgiveness of God in your heart, we are Amen. able to look at people as God wants to look at them and love mm-hmm. them and forgive them. And I think that's the key. Forgiveness starts with, with you. Forgiveness starts in your heart. The Bible says, if you have anything against anybody, leave your offerings in the altar and go and and, and forgive, you know, and, and forgive your brother. Uh, but how can you forgive a person if you're angry with yourself? You know, yes. because sometimes some, something that I've learned through all the, the therapy and everything is that what we project into other people is something that we struggle with in ourselves. Mm, mm-hmm. So we have to look at the mirror and say, what am I dealing with that I'm so angry at this person? Why do I have to work for it? Why do I have to work out? What do I have to present to God to work through it? Who do I need to talk to? Because that's another thing about mental health and depression and forgiveness is who do you talk to? Who do you seek wise counsel from? Mm. Uh, and and I think that it's important that we, for me, like it's important to go to counseling once a month because yeah. it keeps me sane, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and we we have to understand who we are in God in yeah. order to understand how to love other people. Yeah. Uh, so that's a little bit about my yeah. story, you know. 
Yeah, for sure. And thank you so much for sharing. I have one question. Um, How did it start? Like, I know you said from a young age, you dealt with just kind of like body, you know, um, issues and stuff. But like, do you feel like there was like a moment where you, like, how did it start? Like, I know, was it your surroundings? Was it like other friends that were also dealing with an eating disorder? So it kind of like led you to do that. How did it start? Because I know there's a lot of people that are dealing with and they probably feel alone. And I think you sharing how it started would kind of be like, wow, I'm not alone. I Somebody else dealt with this and they were all, they were able to, you know, push through and overcome it. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, so no, nobody was doing it. Nobody was living that life, you know? Yeah. I did, yeah. I did grow up in a house and it was a lot like, watch what you eat. Not in a bad way, you know, Hispanic mm. moms you know at the time that I was growing up they mm-hmm. you know my mom was always watching her figure not in a bad way she wasn't doing it like uh you know but mm-hmm. I think when it started for me honestly uh my mom and my dad uh went through a divorce when I was eight years old okay. uh, they're amazing they were always in my life but you know it happens unfortunately mm-hmm. uh and then I when I was going to seventh grade my mom uh decided to get my sister and I moved us from Puerto Rico to Orlando. Okay. And I didn't, I didn't know anything. I had, you know, I didn't know English. I didn't have any friends. I'm a mm-hmm. teenager, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Get teenager mm-hmm. from her environment and then put her in a new place. It's like, what do I do? You know? Uh, and then, so from there, this, and then, you know, Orlando, it's very different. It's United States. So they're very into, beauty pageants mm. and modeling mm-hmm. and so for me to be able to connect and make friends I started modeling and I started mm. started doing all that beautiful stuff uh which is fun it was fun but unfortunately because of my body you know I was I wasn't thin I wasn't big either but I was surrounded by girls that were beautiful and mm-hmm. at that time for me because I thought that was beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, how do I deal with my body? Mm-hmm. Later did I know that that was my subconscious wanting to control being taken out of Puerto Rico, going to a new environment, dealing with a divorce, you know, dealing with my mom remarrying a, 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 a guy that became a second dad to me, he became like another father. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know how to control none of that. So mm-hmm. then I looked at the beautiful girls and in, in the in modeling and beauty pageants. And then literally I saw a movie about gymnasts and the gymnasts, gymnastics were, that's what they were doing to stay fit. Through a movie, mm-hmm. I learned how to deal with an eating disorder. And that's why we have to be careful. What we watch. Mm-hmm. How we expose ourselves because... Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't, you know, there's a lot of things that have second meanings and double meanings yeah. that are speaking into our society day mm-hmm. in and day out. And we don't realize that that's breaking us. And that mm-hmm. one, that one broke me because it introduced me to a lifestyle that almost killed me at 16 years old. You know, wow. I went into coma. I remember going for my lifeguard testing because I was a lifeguard and I got home. I was like 50 pounds and I was 16 years old. My God. And, wow. and I was like, and then I got home 
and I collapsed in my mom's arms. And then I woke up a week later in a hospital. Wow. Um, wow. And so, yeah, it started, it started when I was around 14 and it started because I couldn't control my surroundings. Uh, and I got into a world of beauty pageants, which is not bad. It's beautiful, but it's mm-hmm. not meant strong. Yeah. Eat you alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was introduced through a movie. Through a movie. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That is crazy. And so I know you said that um, your daughter, you know, God used your daughter to kind of just wake, like a wake-up call. Um, but how was that process from the wake-up call to where you are now, like mm-hmm. kind of explain a little bit, like how were you able to push through? I know you God used your daughter to wake you up, but how was that process? Ah, mm-hmm. uh, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. it was painful. Mm-hmm. It hurts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not easy. Uh, you know, having to get on a plane. I'm getting emotional now. It's okay, oh, girl. It's okay, girl. I I had to get on a plane and go to Denver and mm. be be in a hospital with other people with the same situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, being away from my daughter for like four months. Mm-hmm. I, at that at that time, my husband, you know, uh, for my family, from everybody, from everything I knew and. You know, when you go into these facilities to get help, one of mm-hmm. the things that they ask you is to have a spiritual life, right? But they don't offer mm-hmm. it. You know, thank God I know God. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I, you know, if it wouldn't be because I already had a relationship with God, yeah, I think it would be so hard, harder than it was. Mm-hmm. But, you know, four months without my daughter was horrible it was painful yeah. I, I can't mm-hmm. say it was a walk in the park because it was not uh, it took every ounce of me to say I gotta fight to stay alive mm-hmm. uh, because every ounce of me just wanted to take it the easy way out I'm like I'm just gonna start myself it's so easy but easy doesn't do it you know mm-hmm. uh, God doesn't call us to dawn and cross our arms and not do the work he calls yeah. us to do the work Mm-hmm. You know, the work there's breakthrough. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. and the work and growth. Mm-hmm. grows, and and there's community, and 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 I think that for me, you say what how it was. Uh, I want to say it. It sucked. I'm so mm-hmm. sorry if that's not. No, it's okay. Long. It's okay. No, it's, <laughs> it's real. <laughs> I was mad at myself for so long for allowing myself to get into that place. Uh but it's because I never knew why I got there and never worked with the root. And sometimes we work with the behavior to stop mm. something. But if mm-hmm. you don't work with the root, of which is the heart, it's a matter mm-hmm. of a heart. If you don't work with that, you can stop all the behaviors you want, but eventually they will come back. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, it hasn't been, a, a, it hasn't been easy, but I think that I look at myself now, I'm not, where I want to be but man I'm not where I was that's powerful that's amazing what have Denise what have you learned about yourself throughout this journey (laughs) oh my god (laughs) what have I learned I have learned to to love myself the way God wants me to love myself Mm -hmm. Uh, 
you know, I think as, as mainly a Hispanic woman myself and coming from Hispanic parents, his, the Hispanic community usually, usually said, I get over it. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. Keep walking. No te preocupes. You know, don't mm-hmm. worry about it. Mm-hmm. You know, brush it off. And the reality is that that we have to process things. Yes. Because if we brush it off, guess what? That's still sitting there. That that's still that something that I learned uh recently is the more we let things sit there, the more fram- fragmented our souls become. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we don't want fragmenting souls because then that's what we carry. You know, hurt people mm-hmm. hurt people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the reality is that we're meant to be whole in God. Amen. Uh, what I have learned, Jesse, I have learned to see myself the way God sees me, to see people the way God sees them, mm. uh, to enjoy the journey, even if it's hard, uh, to love people. I think for so long, I was so caught up in my own pain that I didn't like people. Mm. But uh, I've learned to embrace the, where people are at. We're, we are a vessel that God uses, but we cannot hurry the process for anybody. Yeah. They have to figure life out and yeah. the Holy Spirit does the work. We have no power without God. And the one that transforms is God. We're just there living life with them and mm-hmm. loving them through Christ. And sometimes we're not going to do it the right way. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's what I've learned. I learned to, to love myself the way God uh, has, seen, has, has called me to love myself. Because by yeah. that, I'm able to love people. Because the Bible says the greatest commandment is love God. Amen. Love as your neighbor. So how can I love my na- neighbors if I don't love myself? And how can mm-hmm. I love God if I don't love myself? And it's not in a mm-hmm. selfish way. Because loving yourself. And I think we talked about this with, with Pastor Omar years ago in, in mm-hmm. Calvary City Churches. Loving yourself is able to put your own needs aside to help somebody mm-hmm. else. You know, yeah, it's wow. good. It's not saying, oh, it's about me, 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 me. Mm-hmm. It's about because I love myself, I know I'm going to get to that. Yeah. What do you need? How can I walk with you in this darkness? It's not like, this is how you get out of this darkness. Mm. It's like, how can I be here for you? Yeah. Wow. And I, so, wow. Yeah. Um, what, steps, uh, what steps can someone take um, that might be dealing with the same um, situation? Okay. Uh, I think the first step is to accept where you're at. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, I think a lot of people that struggle with any type of mental health issues, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whether it's depression, whether it's anxiety, whether it's eating disorder, whether it's a drug addiction or anything, if if you don't accept you have a problem, mm-hmm. you're you're never gonna seek the help you want, right? Yeah. So the first step is, is acceptance. It's mm-hmm. it's look at yourself in the mirror and say, I need help. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And saying and saying, I am powerless. I need a higher power. And for mm-hmm. for us it's God. You know, God is the higher power. Uh talk to a friend, talk to family, create a support system. It's very important. And if you feel that that you can the family and the support system is not enough, seek mm-hmm. professional help. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh seek professional help because People went to school for this, you know? Mm, they, yes. 
you know, and, and sometimes you might need, you know, for me, I needed medication for a while to balance it in chemical imbalance because we have our brain is supposed to be certain chemical balance. And sometimes when people start struggling with all the mental health, that means they have a chemical imbalance. And sometimes they have to take medication for a certain time. And a lot of people deem, deem uh, those type of medications because they have such a bad, bad stigma. But mm-hmm. the reality is that when I needed those medications, it helped me to gain that balance that I needed. Mm-hmm. It's not that you have to stay with them. It's for a yeah. So I would say be open to, to maybe having to take some medication for a time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to counseling. Yes. Uh, seek wise counsel. And most of all, have a relationship with God. Amen. Uh, yes. I think that's the first thing is, it's putting God first. He's the foundation. You know, he told mm-hmm. Peter, open this rock, I will feel my church. Mm-hmm. So that means that we are the church. That's good. And, mm-hmm. and we have to be able to put him first in the midst of our struggle. So Amen. that's so good. That's so good. And I, one of our final questions, um, we always ask um, our guests who join us on Benevolence this question, because a lot of the times we... Um, kind of focus so much on our on our past and we focus on the journey, like yeah. the hardships that we forget, like our purpose um, mm-hmm. with God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. what word of encouragement, like would you give to women or whoever's listening who are having a hard time understanding their purpose? Because mm-hmm. it just seems like whatever the hardship they're going through, whether it's eating yeah. disorders or mental health illness and all of that, it's clouding their view of their purpose with yeah. God. So mm-hmm. what word of encouragement would you give to those who are just having a hard time at the moment, finding their purpose yeah. or seeing that God actually has a plan for their lives? Oh my God. Uh, yes. Well, I'm going to tell you ladies or whoever's listening, uh, God designed you for a purpose. Amen. Uh, calling it's it's never going to go away it's always mm-hmm. there doesn't matter what you go through what the promise that god gave you are yours for you amen and and i think that for so long i forgot about that uh but when god brings clarity and brings people into your life to speak truth and love there's like this cloud that's lifted up and the encouragement that i could tell you is to do not give up on yourself amen not stop fighting for what God promised you because it will come to pass. Uh, right now, I am, I am, what they, what do they say? I'm living my best life, but that's because mm-hmm. I never gave up on myself. Mm-hmm. I, I am in what God called me to do, which is being a chaplain, kind of like a pastor at a hospital mm-hmm. to walk with people in their darkness. Because wow. that's, mm-hmm. that's what I've always felt called for. But for so long, I was in a cloud but I didn't see it. But when I let God lift up that cloud, I realized that that calling was always there. He just wow. needed you to pursue him because he's Amen. pursuing you right now. God, you know, the Bible says that he leaves the 99 for that one, mm-hmm. for that one. And, and that one is you. Amen. He's calling you and he's waiting you. He's waiting for you to open the door. He's waiting for you to get on your knees and say, Lead me to the people that are going to help me. Amen, lead, amen. Lead me to, if you don't have a church, find a church. Lead me to that church that's going to help me. Uh, 
because let me tell you that you have the power and you have the strength and you, your purpose is so beautiful and I can't wait to see it come to pass. So good. Do not give up on yourself. If I could tell you a word of encouragement is that you're too valuable to give up. Hmm. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Great job. Thank you. Denise, you are a blessing. We have not spoken in years and years and years. And I feel like the same Denise that I knew back then, you know, you still on, on fire, whether despite yes. the journey that you went through, you know, mm-hmm. you still you still have it going, you know, you still have that focus on God despite the hardships and despite the hard times. But you know, we're proud of you. We're so um, proud of you. We Thank are you so your much. sisters, you know, Thank and if we do something in the future, I need you to come and yes. be a special guest yes. because yes. Yes. people need to hear your amazing. story. Yeah. People need to hear your story. So um, I just want to thank you for joining us on Benevolence Podcast. Thank you and, so much. Um, I don't know. We, I just Where can I, they like, follow you? Denise, where can they what, follow you? Where can they follow you? How can they find you? How can they reach oh, out yes. to you? Yes. Need, you know, to talk uh, to you. Well, I'm on Instagram. It's mm-hmm. God underscore Denise underscore Isa. Yeah. Uh, me and my daughter. Mm, I love it. Write me, write me. I'm, I'm available. I love, I love walking with people. I love meeting new people. And whatever you need from me, please let me be a tool in your life. That's all I want to be. I want to be a resource. Amen. Thank Absolutely. you so much for Denise, being we love here you with guys. us. We love <laughs> you. Thank you, ladies, for trusting Thank me. You guys are doing amazing. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. you. Bye. 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 So as we finalize this episode of Benevolence, we just want to remind you that you will always have a seat at the table. You are loved, you are chosen, and you have a purpose. Yes, so thank you all for tuning into Benevolence, where kindness matters and all are welcome to the table. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Benevolence Podcast for more fun posts and videos. Benevolence Podcast is available on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart, or wherever you get your podcasts. And stay tuned. For next Monday's episode of Benevolence, you don't want to miss it. Bye!